Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone back to Cruising Down the Boulevard. First episode of 2021. I see Max on my screen dying, giggling. So this is, I know this is a good start, but we're here with our good friends, Todd and Max, who mostly have been the kind of the two favorites for the last couple weeks uh, with Sean hanging around. Um, so we wanted to get Todd and Max on a cast talk about their their seasons and on monday we'll talk to sean and get his input as well with at this point nine days left in the season where it's clearly anyone's game between sean max or todd uh so for today we're just gonna have todd and max chat about it so i'll start with max kick it over to you uh say hello to the pod hi everyone they're good Uh, you can find me at RomaK988. And Max, where can they find you? Uh, I don't have a baseball related. Yeah, but I mean, you're, you're obviously on here for the 18 likes and promoting college football tent. Yeah, football Twitter. Uh, uh, EFB Max S. Nice. Todd, the, uh, the flooring king, say hello. Yeah. Uh, that's fun. I don't think I follow you on Peloton, so I'm definitely going to do that next. Well, I guess let, let's kick it off uh, in, in just the very beginning of the season, because we, we really haven't had a lot of discussion league-wide post-draft. Um, so how did you guys feel coming out of the draft? What was your strategy? We don't have to go through like draft review, but just general feelings going into the year. We'll start with you, Todd. Runs and they'll bring RBIs and they'll bring slugging and like I'll figure out on base. 
say when I when I look back at the draft, there was two picks everyone shat on me for, and I'm like, you know, one of the picks I still feel the shit on my face. The other pick I'm like throwing the shit back. Uh, the first one was Sal Perez. I drafted in the fifth round. Uh, my view on Sal Perez was he is he has the chance to be so many standard deviations away from average that. I might as well take a flyer on him. Obviously, he turned out to be many standard deviations away. But I'll tell you, I had a freakout pick, a total freakout pick, Eric Hosmer, the most freakout pick I ever had. I will never freak out with him again because I'll never draft him again. Um, he was trash. But I don't know. Overall, it went well. I think the other two notable moments of my draft were drafting Trevor Rosenthal, who never threw a pitch for me. So that was <laughs> awesome. And the first closer I drafted, uh, March second, I think Edwin was the first. And um, the other one was desperately wanting Julio Rodriguez, Roma. We were talking about, you know, we were giggling over there about wanting Julio. And I can't remember, Chris walked up to the board. Oh, and he, me and you both thought he was going to take him. And he yeah. Brandon Nimmo. And I, <laughs> he, he went up there with such a plum, and I was like, God damn it, he's going to take Julio. And then he drafted Brandon Nimmo. Yeah. I think some things worked out really well for me. Um, Glaber didn't work out well. Kalenic didn't work out well, although I flipped Kalenic for Yelich, who also sucks. So <laughs> I think it's clear people know I draft minor leaguers early. I try to flip them, get some value out of them. Considering I traded a, when did I draft Kalenic? 10th round Kalenic and flipped him for a first round Yelich. No one can deny there's great value there. I have a follow-up question on that, so don't dive too into it yet. I I very much remember multiple times at that draft, like, because we were sitting next to each other, and like your mindset is exactly what I remember. But the the way that that pitching fell to you, I was just like, you got so lucky because you had no pitching keepers, you didn't have, you had picks, but like, you. Well, everyone was saying pitching's gonna come so early, so early, and all of a sudden I went Darvish, Arenado, Burns, Ryu, Berrios. Yeah, I mean. That that turned out for you very fortuitously and like good on you. That's great. I I thought that was somewhat unusual, but that it were obviously worked out for you. I remember specifically shitting on you for Sal Perez because that was in my mind a huge reach and massive massive mistake on my part. Obviously, he's been probably between him and Cedric Mullins, who you didn't even draft, have been the two reasons that you have a chance to actually win this year. Because you're right, Sal Perez, like in terms of a catcher. Having 46 home runs or whatever he has is insane. Um, so, yeah, that I remember that specifically. There's been some unfortunate events, right? Like Rosendale not throwing a pitch. Yeah. Getting hit in the face. Yeah. Uh, that was like two weeks ago. Like, You're fine. I traded Mancini like week three for the 10th that I drafted him in. I was like, all right, I guess that's cool. I also don't think that you can complain about Bassett because he got hit in the face like a month ago, and until then he was literally a Cy Young favorite in the eighth round. Chris Bassett, so... I'd like to post this, and then I want to pass it over to, to Max, but I think, and I, I don't... I think 90% of the people I drafted are still on my team. Um, and I'd actually be curious to look at, am 
All right, well, Max, how did you feel coming out of draft? Bobby? Yes. Well, Judge is having an amazing season, so if you're even talking about them in the same breath, he must be the next Aaron Judge. Like that or not, who knows? But I figured out 
Yeah. No, it's it's that strategy of of taking the coming back from Tommy John guys or injury guys, basically the Carrasco, Thor, um, Syndergaard, and Sale. Like basically, didn't work for anyone except for arguably Sam, who Sale looks really good and whatever. Um, but Max, your if you remember your first pick off the waiver wire at like the the what, what did we call it like the Mad Dash or something. Free agent frenzy. So, so I I remember doing free agent frenzy on my way to my first COVID vaccine shot, and so I was literally walking out of um, the the Javits Center in New York, rushing into a cab and like trying to do frenzy on my phone, and that was a disaster. But I remember you got um, Clevenger Max, who was was a great pick because then you basically I, I basically really like what you did traded your two pitching keepers who are studs turned the team over because you're looking at your draft and you're not like you that you understand why these guys look good on paper but they did not perform well this year you did a really good job of trading your keepers and then also replacing your keepers through cheaper options Yeah, and, and just to, we can jump right there, but I, I think your the way that you just described your draft is exactly how I remember it. Like, just really strong team coming out of it, semi-underperformed in terms of actual whatever, like, performance. But your trading midseason was obviously very good, but specifically what I think everyone remembers was when pretty early on in the season you, you made a, a statement trade, which you, you alluded to, but... You, you basically pulled the trigger on three big deals simultaneously, being the first one to push your chips in and basically terrifying the entire league. So walk us through how you managed to pull that off uh, and, and what it was like. The reason why I really wanted to do it, at the time I think I was in fourth or fifth place, but I had a good team and I was had categories where I, I clearly could go up in. I was doing good on a per-start basis outside of ERA and WHIP. Um, and one of the things I knew about this league that, not that I didn't like it, but if I made one of those big trades, Todd would have countered or Potsman would have countered. And it never would have allowed me to have the time where they didn't make the trades and part of the whole strategy of making all of them at the same time was freezing at the time. I think it was Todd and Sam who were one-two and looked like they were going to run away with things. In 
make a big trade, Max's team at this point is insane. And I don't really want to sell any of my stuff at this point because I don't know if I even have a chance because Max A took a lot of the good players from like two or three of the sellers. And B, even if I make one of these big trades, it's not for sure going to help me. And, and while there were more big trades that were made throughout later in the year, it bought me like two or three months of performance from those guys. And if you look at my team from the date that trade went on till now in the standings, I'm like at a 135 pace. Um, so it clearly, you know, was beneficial. I can talk about like how I did all the trades and stuff, but because um, some of the people were more talented to go with than others, but um, obviously it, it worked out how I wanted it to work out. Yeah, and and honestly, I think the it had the exact desired effect. But what what kind of opened the door back up is right after those trades, you just started having injury after injury after injury to like the stud guys so it it just kind of allowed you to leave the back door open basically yeah i mean obviously you can't really predict injuries for the most part um, i had some of my best players on ir todd has never had a player on ir this season you know that is buxton yeah but buxton was your longest on ir um, player. Somali? Dude, Somali blows. He, no, he doesn't. Alright, anyway. Point is, um, yeah, that was bad luck, but the, the, the positive outcome is, as you alluded to, Roma, it froze the leaks for yeah. two, or, two or three months. Dude, I remember being a space person a tuna sandwich when you did that. And I'd take a bite, and I was sitting in my car eating it, and I was about to pull out, and I just got ding, ding, ding. And I, I, hope, like, I, yeah. I hope someone does something similar, and I don't want to toot my arm. I'm not sure it can be replicated ever again. Who was the hardest to deal with? Well, um, who, who did I, I did a trade with Annie, I did a trade with Scooter, and I did a trade with Becker. I had... Scooter was the easiest because, I, you know, I'm like, here's what I want to offer. Here's what I want. We kind of worked on it. It literally took 12 hours. Hanny, it was more about just having, he was busy. I think they were having the kid at that point. He's buying the new house. It was just him saying, okay, this is what I want, and me creating the offer. So it just took time with him. And then Bruce, he wasn't sure at that point if he was ready to sell or not. And Bruce, I got um, maps and... Who else did I get from him? Uh, Max and someone else. I'm, I'm actually pulling up the uh, the transaction history right now. Give me a sec. And Bruce, I was like, I had the other two. that they, I had them send them to me so that I could accept them all at once. And they were like, I want to accept these before. I think it was Giolito had a start that afternoon that I told Hanny and I would accept it. Or maybe it was Scooter. I forget which one it was. Someone had a start that they wanted to make sure they got their guy for um, so I was like, Bruce was like, I think it was his brother proposing, and he, I'm like, dude, here's the deal. Like, I basically told him, and I, I told Bruce, I'm like, all right, I'll give you a, you know, 10th round pick. And he's like, no. I'm like, dude, I don't fucking care. I'm not giving you like a four or five, but whatever pick you want, I will give it to you because I need to just make this trade happen. Just tell me what 
because I needed to finish the whole, you know, trade process. So right. You you traded him Cabrian Hayes, a fourth round pick, Frankie Mo- Frankie Montas, Paul DeYoung, uh, and a ninth round pick for JD Martinez and Max Scherzer. Honestly, that worked out really nicely for you. Which, by, by the way, um, formal apologies to Daniel Marner from the entire league when he, out of nowhere, said that he was going to take Max Scherzer in the first round, which I think for anyone that was actually looking at ADPs was a huge reach in the first, and everyone let him hear it at draft weekend. That worked out fantastically well. I'd say he's probably a top, I mean, it's a fantastic pick, basically. Yeah, he might win the Cy Young. Right. Um... Yeah. Uh, valid point. We, we can let him address it at a, at a later episode. All right, so that's that's kind of uh, the the main parts of uh, of the season. So let's talk a little bit about like where we where we stand now. Actually, real quick, because I know you guys love asking each other this on a regular basis, but what what are the percent likelihoods at this point between Max, Todd, and Sean? I'll start with you, Max. Right, here's the deal. He's not done. He's not done. We're we're giving him a we're giving him a minute. Do you want to give a recap, Roma, as to where the, the standings are right now, so that we can give odds? Yeah, sure. So as of as of yesterday, as of yesterday's close, we'll call it. Sean was, I believe, in the lead, or or right right up at one point yesterday, he was in the lead, but I think Max finished in first to end the day. Right now, Max, you're up one and a half points to one twenty one. Sean is down one point to 118, and Todd is 118 as well. Flat. Okay. So, my perception of this is, let me just give a, a quick, this has been the craziest year, I think, in, with the standings, mainly because there's so, so much we can go, like all of us, Sean, Todd and I can go up or down in right now, still, with nine days left. Sean probably has the highest upside and lowest and highest downside. Um, but there's a lot that can change. Yeah, I, I mean, part of it for me, too, was there was a huge wild card to it where I knew start pitchers early. Right? Every year I always start slow so I get a sense of, uh, by the way, Max Nola bases loaded pitching to us, just so you know. Just, just to prove Max's point. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Anyway, so you, I mean, you see what's happened in my ERA. It's ballooned from like 3-2 to 3-6 ever since I started to start people. So that hasn't helped me. But I think I've looked at the position where Max is basically stuck. He doesn't have much room to go up or down. I was battling runs with O'Farrell and he passed me. I was battling ERA with Chris and Sam. They both passed me. It, for me, 
think it's going to come down to can I outpace Haywood? We're in the same number of starts. Can I outpace him? We're basically tied in QSK in any pitch. That's three points right there that I can steal. Then there's Max and I are battling for stolen bases. He got one tonight for Trey, so he's up one. And then Roma, we're battling for safe holds. I mean, those to me are the categories where this is all going to be decided. Like, it's almost out of Max's hands at this point. Uh, at least the way I should look at it. Like, Max can still lose some, but he can't really gain much. It's going to come down to me, to me and Haywood just cannibalize each other to death, and Max just stabilizes on top. Uh, I'd personally give it Max 40%, Todd and Sean 30%. Max, did you give a number? No, I think that's probably, I mean, today that's probably accurate, although Nola just gave up a fucking run to, two runs to a pitcher, so, you know. Dude, you got that, did Scherzer did that too today. I know, it's, it's ridiculous. So, um, do you remember the game where, where Scherzer gave up a grand slam to the um, to the relief pitcher? Oh my god! In like, like my second start with him. yeah, it was like early in the season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, I have one or two points. Like, I could probably get shot and like my max right now. What am I at? One twenty-one. Yeah. I mean, unless something crazy happens and I catch Todd in like ERA, which clearly isn't happening the way this is trending, um, or um, you know, I catch Sean and like one twenty two, one twenty three is probably my max. Um, I'm probably I think it is my max. I don't think well, I can. There's been some wild cards in the standings that have screwed everything up, like Chris Ali. I mean, like. Yeah, Crisali is like definitely in the thick of it and getting stronger and stronger by the day. His team is on an absolute heater. So he's he's meddling. Not only is he meddling in a lot of categories, but he's, you know, he's he firmly is in fourth place and has locked himself in there. He's fucking with people. Yeah, you know, he's, he's definitely... He's, think about how happy that makes Chris that he's being a metal boy in, in your guys' title run. Live update, live update on the odds. Oh live update on the odds. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 33, 
Agreed. So, I don't know. I hope that answered your question, Rome. I'm going after that home run, revise 33-33-33 back. Wow. So, I'm just curious. Max ERA at this point is at kind of... I mean, if if Hannafin can steal an ERA point from Max, that can be kind of big, and it's theoretically possible. Whip, he jumps... Like, he now basically moves really far away from Haywood, which is potentially big. I don't think he can lose a point to... I'm not really far away from Haywood. No, you're not. You're not. But it moves you in the wrong direction. It it definitely is in the wrong direction move. Yes. None of this is good. Right. But, like, it's an opportunity cost of, like, maybe one and a half points. So I I still... I leave the the odds unchanged. Yeah. So you're concerned 40, 30, 30, 30? I might be 45 max... I might be 45 max, 25 Sean, 20 Todd at this point. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I just pulled in the plug. I'm watching and no one just gave a single to Chris's Yoshi. Uh, yeah, they're, they're coming out there. So, all right, let's, uh, l- let's keep moving. Um, I guess... This is usually the stage in the show. Nola does suck. Nola's been very bad. What are you, Darvish? Dude, I don't know. I think you Nola, honestly. I think Nola, too. Oh, my God. All right. This is the stage in the show where we'll do a a puff-puff pass for anyone that can recall back to the, uh, the, the infamous game that everyone talks about on a regular basis all the time in the Twitter sphere. Um, but Max Max claims that he can't join us, so I think it's just gonna be me and Todd. Max has Sydney, so that's that's cool. Uh, Todd, are you gonna puff? I already, I already, I'm already way deeper than you at this point, Um So all right, so Todd is edibled. Um, for me, I need to do my puff. Hold on. My eyes look like I'm an alien. Luckily, I'm not recording the video. Damn. Um. All right, so well, for anyone that doesn't remember how to play Puff Puff Pass, basically I'm gonna, the idea is I ask you three questions and you have to answer two of them and you can pass on one. So two puffs and a pass. Because there's two guests, I'm gonna do it a little differently this time. There's gonna be, there's gonna be two puffs which both of you have to answer. They're quick ones. They're kind of standard that apply to anyone. And then two questions that I'll ask each of you and you can pass on one. So the, the format is a little bit different. So I'll start off with the two puffs for everyone. Uh, Todd, we'll start with you. Your best and worst pick of the draft, and then we'll go to, to Max. My best and worst pick of the draft. Um, we've already talked about some of my best picks. I mean, I think my best pick has to be... How can it not be Sal Perez? I mean, I wanna, I wanna like come up with something more creative, but catcher hitting probably 50 home runs in the fifth round. Yeah, that's that's an easy one. That's an easy one. Um, I, I mentioned them. I don't know. My, my worst pick? I would say my worst pick is tied. Fourth round, Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil is a waiver wire player. That is a fourth round pick, so that's absolute garbage. I would say my other, my next worst pick, Kyle Lewis in the second round. I mean, he's done nothing. He had a little lingering knee injury and yeah. Trade them to Bruce and Bruce dropped them and I, I had him on my team for a hot second, but he he's done for the season, so he's he's outie. Yeah. So both of those are 
All right. Max, how about you? Yeah, Goldie has, as a previous Goldie owner for many years, I'm happy to hear that he had a, a pretty decent season. Uh, but I kind of wish he had it on my teams, but whatever. Um, all right, next. Uh, both of your opinion on the hardest person to trade with this season? Uh, Roma. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Max. Well, he did just get engaged, so maybe he was planning around that. By the way, congratulations, Marner, officially on the podcast. Yeah, maybe you can go back to watching baseball and valuing players. That'd be good. Marner might have taken your crown, Roma. Damn. I, I actually thought my trading was... I had I had lovely trades with lots of people this year. I, I thought I was... Hold on. There's a sober Roma. There's, there's two different Romas. There's sober Roma, which I think is reasonable trading. And there's a high Roma that just pondering thoughts and ideas and... <laughs> just like, I'm the 4 a.m. on the shitter Roma. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the the pondering thoughts, that's, I mean, you need that to have this podcast, you know what? Like, yeah. you can't have one without the other, so everyone just has to deal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hear you. Uh, Max, to, to your point, I think it's, it's worth mentioning that um, the, just a little bit of public shame here, the contest for Aaron Judge felt very very terrible, terrible to me How like no 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 okay so so can I can I say my thing what what frustrated me is the I mean obviously dangling the the big treat in front of a bunch of Yankee fans and some others like obviously he he entertained offers I totally get that it was the right way to do it but then to not pull the trigger like okay even fine and then to then pull the trigger sometime later without re-engaging felt a little a little butt to me it, it reminds me of someone that would draft on draft weekend in his girlfriend's bathroom for five hours that's the person that is and i'm pretty sure that's how he drafted so yeah that that's a, that was a fun uh that was a fun realization when we realized he was drafting in the bathroom No, no, no. It's totally fair. Like, I get it. And, and this isn't like a... I'm by no means condemning in any way. I just... I would like... If, if in the spirit of feedback, I, I'm just providing a little bit of feedback. Yeah. He, he also... I remember he did the... Interview. What would you like differently? That's my question. What do you mean? We, all, we have been asking him for years. He should have gone back to Eden Rome and said, this is a trade I'm about to do. Beat it or he's gone. He didn't do that. Yeah, it was... It was... It was... It was more communication than action what I have problem with that's that's only part of it the, the there were times where like the trade conversations would would start and stop for like days on end and then you would follow up and then he's like no 
basically just it, it, it dragged on for a while and then after such an investment to not at least get a response when you're like okay I'm actually going to trade him it felt like a little out of nowhere in not a good way yeah I mean absolute freak out pick I don't even know who Christian Pache is <laughs> yeah I mean that was a terrible pick um Right. I was just reading like their bios, and it says profiles as a defensive specialist, not a good path. And then Roma literally walks up and picks him. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the to to be quite honest about the mindset, I went into the draft sure that I was going to get either Kalenic or Julio Rodriguez, and so when I was looking at minor leaguers, I was like, fuck, I I actually need to like look at. I kind of did like a quick scan and I didn't actually look at it and whatever it it was a mistake whatever Bobby Wood Jr. was way better so we'll see um alright so did both of you guys answer that question yes alright now let's go to the the two that you guys can puff on one and pass the other so we'll Max we'll start with you since we started with Todd on the other one um so you you've said that you like don't like baseball this has been a comment that you've made. Um, does this league make you like baseball more? Or are you just act, active in it this year because you're like actually have a chance to win? And the second question is, was it a mistake to move to Miami? I mean, you, you, it's always better when, when they answer both because then, then it's it's more fun. Uh, but that, that all makes sense. Um, all right. Todd, on to you. Um, so you kind of mentioned this earlier during the, your draft analysis, but do you think the strategy of drafting Kalenic in the 10th and specifically leaving him in your major league slot as opposed to your minor league slot was a mistake? And... Do you regret not pushing your chips in this year? Um, 
So the first question is, yeah, I should have. Here, here's the minor league issue I had: is I actually shouldn't even kept Kiba. That was a mistake as well to add on to the Kalenic mistake. I should have put. I thought Kalenic was going to come up right away and just slam, and I wanted to use that extra. I thought I was going to wait like thirty days, right? And I wanted to use that extra spot on someone really interesting and have like a stack minor league system. Um, that was a mistake based on uh, in hindsight, right? Um, I should have done the other way. I would say the even bigger mistake is I should have just not kept Kiba. Like, I kept Kiba out of spite, not thinking that if I didn't keep him, I could just draft another guy. It was almost like I, I, I thought I had to keep two keepers. Um, so yes, I guess in hindsight, yes, but the even bigger mistake was keeping Kiba. That was so fucking dumb because he sucks ass. That's not what I get to the question at all. No, I said it was a mistake. No, he said that you have traded your minor leaguers. That, that's the second part of the question. That's the second question. No, I thought you meant going in by, like, actually selling his stuff. Yeah, that, that's pushing his chips in. He's, he's answering the question about the, the, the specific strategy that I had a problem with was he drafted Kalenic early, which I know is, like, debatable, but I, I support it. But he then put Kalenic in his major league spot as opposed to putting him as a minor leaguer and not running the risk that he would stay down for two months or longer, and then, more importantly, just sucking when he got up. If he had kept him in, in his minor league, it would have been a, just a, a much... It basically cost him a roster spot for half a season. And, but he's explaining that, that keeping uh, Keyboom was part of the reason why he chose to do that. Yeah, and so it was a double mistake, and I got double-fucked there. Um, and I guess your other question... I don't know... Do I regret not giving that Oh my god, Nola just gave up another bomb. <laughs> oh my god, 33, 33, 33, boys. Uh, do I regret not giving my... It's hard for me to say that without the season being over. Um, listen, I have a belt. I'm in a winner's circle. There's a lot of people here that haven't won in 10 years. I'm not going to win at this rate. I, I like, I truly believe it's becoming, I believe it less now, but at the time, if you're asking me three weeks ago, or five weeks ago, or seven weeks ago, or nine weeks ago, that there was a really good chance that I could build a dynasty that many, that we have, don't see in this league anymore. We don't see dynasties. We see boomer busts. We see trade it all in or don't trade it. And that just wasn't, it, it, it wasn't how I wanted to do it. So, like, sure, if I don't win this year, I can't say anything I'm going to regret it. Fine. But there was a, Good chance, more than fifty percent chance that I was going to win, and I was going to keep a stacked minor league roster with stacked picks and stacked keepers, and I was willing to take that risk. And I think I'd probably do it all over again, and, and you know, be happy about it. Yeah, I, I just feel like my my issue with it was you had so many different assets still to trade that could have. At that point, I think you were like a 50% favorite. You could have made yourself like a 70, 80% favorite with like Maybe. two months but ago. Maybe. could have traded for Nola. Like, the thing is, people are saying you could have done all these things. Like, look at half the trades Max did. Max, Max did a ton of quantity, right? Which is how we got getting away with it. But I could have traded for DeGrom and Nola. And then look, they're fucking injured. So, like, yeah, I mean, bring, bringing up two data points that didn't work is like not really proving your argument. But yeah, like those are two examples of things that wouldn't have worked. But the fact that you 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 held on with look, it, it just it is the question. And in your you had your opinion. I I, th I would have done something I think a little bit different. But that's that is your decision. 
Can I rewind to the first question? Because there's one part of that question where you didn't really bring up that you kind of brought up, which was drafting minor leaguers in the 10. Chris, you know, fucking goose gossip over there. <laughs> I don't disagree with that part. Okay. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy we're on the same page. All right. Well, I'm glad we got to hear from you guys in terms of your your kind of your opinions on, on that. But what I want to finish up with are your opinions on something that I think will be discussed at some point this off season, and maybe sometime around draft weekend as like a potential rule change. And I know the people in New York kind of know the the general thesis, but why don't you take this opportunity to explain uh, uh, kind of what it is that you're concerned about and, and how you guys are thinking about potentially making changes? Yeah, so I think Todd and his explanation of partly why he approached this season and trading the way he did is about the dynasty thing and I think one of the things that I think is really cool about fantasy is being able to do it every year and part of the reason why I think dynasty leagues are fun or leagues where you have keepers or perpetual um, competition between each other is you're able to build something and nurture it whereas the way this league is set up, we have never in its history seen a winner that approached the year and finished anywhere remotely near the top the following year or approached the following draft as someone that was even regarded in the top half of having a chance because it had to sell so much stuff of so much value. So I think we've already started to take steps in resurrecting that problem or correcting that problem, which is then not trading one to three. Um, and we've seen that even teams like Potts, though he didn't have the depth, he was able to compete for a lot of the year and probably would have finished a lot better if he didn't trade off some of his stuff. But I think when I think about the league, what I want to think about is what's going to make it the most fun. And I have never enjoyed the boomer bust. I know it's what you have to do to win the league, which sucks. I'm going to be terrible next year. It's not going to be enjoyable being towards the bottom of the leaderboard. Some people will say, oh yeah, it's fun to like rebuild and everything, but I just don't think that's true. I think everyone, if they have a decent chance the following year and a decent chance to win, would make the league a little bit more fun. So, I think, you know, our proposal or my proposal would be probably limiting picks maybe to, you know, top five, not being able to trade it. Not anything crazy, but making it more focused on baseball, not about trading and selling picks. Yeah, I would agree with Max. I mean, like, listen, you win to win, but there's nothing fun about just, like, buying your team and selling out and then next year being at the bottom and the next year being at top. Like, the league already agrees to that, or else we wouldn't have made the change of not trading the top three picks. So, consensus-wise, everyone agrees with that. So, 
Let's get past that now, because we've already said one to three, so why we tried to stop that. What well, I'm just arguing that one to three wasn't enough, right? So like everyone's all up in arms of trying to limit their assets. Like everyone agreed we should limit assets, and we all agree, which is why we're limiting one to three. But one to three clearly isn't enough. I think if we do one to five, one to six, I don't really care. One to eight, some people want to do one to ten. <laughs> it becomes more about finding the right players on the waiver wire making baseball for baseball trades um, and finding talent like go to make go to major league is there ever this type of you're in first year and last you're in first year and last you're in first year and last trade away all your picks and just go back and forth and that never happened That's, it's just not baseball right it'll be more baseball if we limit a little bit more pick trading and that's just a, that's just a fact like, there's no arguing that fact so uh, I know there's some official reactions out there uh, about this, but I, I, I truly don't understand it because everyone's already agreed with the one to three thing. Um, I don't know. So that's what I said. I'd love to see the league go to like one to six, one to five. I think the three was arbitrary. I, I don't know how you have an official reaction if you decided with three was fine arbitrarily, but five all of a sudden is like, oh, you know. Uh, we're AOC over here. I mean, you guys basically are AOC over here, so that's that's. I think the the first and foremost point is is that it's it's quite ironic that two of the most you know free market economy thinkers minds of the group are the yeah, ones that are putting are, are pushing. Wait, wait, hold on. Nothing to do with fantasy baseball. Nothing. Uh, hold on. I gave you guys a chance to speak. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's still a mentality of do you let the person do with their assets what they will or do you want a big government regulations, blah, blah, blah. So that's that's the first piece of irony. The second thing I'll say is that agreed that we, obviously the extreme version of what you guys are talking about, and you guys basically said this, but everyone agrees that that part was not great and it was a problem, and before it got too extreme, Basically, as it was getting too extreme, we made very significant changes, and I, my argument is, I think those changes have worked extremely well. So keep in mind. Me, me Sean, and Max are all going to be at the bottom next year. Keep, keep in mind. Hold on, I'm I'm not done. Keep in mind that this is like we made this change in like 2019. This is like really like you have to wait a couple years for this to play out. And honestly, I think the way. Yes, you do. I think that you can be in the top three and then be very close to the top three. Look at what Chris did two years ago. Who cares? Who cares if you come in fifth or sixth place? Who cares? Because, look, it's the same thing that, I mean, you guys say it's not really baseball. I disagree. I disagree. You, you trade minor leaguers all the time or you trade assets all the time to push your chips all in while your window is open. And maybe the window in baseball is open for a couple of years for teams, but you have the same boom and bust thing in baseball. Like you, no, you, you do, don't. you do actually see that. You and so, not see that. yes, you do. You 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 absolutely see teams in their windows pushing further than when they're outside of their windows. If I think that we you will have the ability, and we will see in the next three years, someone finish in the top three, two consecutive years. Absolutely think that will happen. Max, you know what's, you know what's funny is Roma said all this to us. Mr. Uh, Mr. AOC 
Okay, Call, calling me Mr. AOC is offensive, and take that back. So I, I will not I will not debate under this premise. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm much further right than you think. So get get out of here, uh, just because I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Anywho, I I think the I think the argument you guys are making is if it were a problem, I would I would be more sympathetic. The fact that we have both on the upside, the fact that we have three teams that we're having a conversation a week left to go in the season where three teams can win. Basically, we're literally live-changing the odds from 30 to 40 with no super team was exactly one of the points that we wanted to, to do. No so, super team? <laughs> what do you mean? The You you have the ability, and you like T Protzman had a, a run at this. I don't think he was anywhere close to actually doing it. Yeah, okay, but like you you have the ability to do that. the The fact that there is no team with like one hundred thirty something points. When I run the charts in like the comparison to where the point totals are, usually you have teams in like the one thirties or high one twenties. Not only are three teams competing, but you have three teams competing in the kind of like high one one teens which is like way more interesting than two teams in like the high 130s. So already the top end has been... Can I ask you a question? You, why did you decide that the third one to three was right? Why, if you don't know it's an issue, why are you so against if one to three was just arbitrary? Because, because in the fourth, having like the first three picks still puts you up in a very solid place where if you have three, four good keepers in your first top three picks, you can still be a very, like very dangerous team. Fourth round pick, like... You, you can, sure, yeah, the fourth is where it crosses my line. There's enough toss-ups in the fourth round that, like, whatever. Like, you can, you can hit, you can still be good missing your fourth and fifth round. Like, I, I think that's very doable. And then six through seven, like, that's, I mean, you, you start the crapshoot way, like, way sooner than people, I'm sure, realize. Your first three picks generally stick around on your team. That's, like, that's the solid thing for me where you have... Three picks plus foot keepers. Let's go for the fourth round. Charlie Morin, Ryu, Barrios, Rizzo, Hendricks, all sticking on the team. McNeil, crying, he sucks, my pick, fuck me. Right. Yasser, Gray, Goldschmidt, Granky, Vizios, Poop, got injured, Castillo, Baez. So, 10 and a half out of 12, if you call it Baez, an injury, 10 out of 12, or 11 out of 12. But they're hold on, ten yeah, ten out of twelve do what? They're not like they're not amazing players. Okay, but that that's not the argument whether or not they're returning their value. The the question is whether you not you can compete without your fourth and fifth round pick. The answer is yes. I mean that's that's what we've been doing. By the way, we have three minutes left before the hour is up and the I like the fact that you can... Yes or no? What was your question? Do you think it's going to get more fun if every year, every team just had a little bit more of a chance to win? No, because I don't, I don't want the cost of that. So, okay, yeah. I'm not a child also. Like, 
I, I understand where you're going with this. I, I don't want that at the cost of what I actually want, which is the ability to, like, enough of a, of a fucking barrier set in place where there won't, like, be... Yes, there'll be boom and bust-ish, but we've eliminated the extremes. The I want to have a little... I don't want tidal waves. I just want fucking waves. I just want, like, something to surf. I don't need a tidal wave. But the data's going to show that me, Max, and Haywood are going to go from 1, 2, 3 to 10, 11, 12. We'll see. Hold on, that's that's hold on, that's that's not fair. Chris competed with a lot less than you guys had. Chris had literally nothing, and he made it to like fourth or fifth round, fourth or fifth place that season. You guys are going to be starting with way more. Todd, you're going to have you're going to have in your words, in your words, you're going to have the best minor league system coming out coming into the draft. You're yes, you're missing picks, but you're not missing so many picks. If if I mean you won't finish well because you'll be too busy. And you're gonna not dedicate the right time to it, and that's your fault. But don't don't bring us into this argument of yours where you can't finish well. You can. You just need a handout, and I'm not giving you a handout. I can finish like fifth or fourth, but that's not what I'm debating. I'm debating: can you win back-to-back years? If you want the belt, push your chips in. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll see if that's possible. It'll make it all the more special when someone actually does. Do you want to put a ten-year bet on it? No, because we're not allowed to bet on results. Okay. Well, Mental, theoretical, hypothetical. But okay. all right, guys, it was wonderful to chat. I'm I'm glad I got to see you, Max, because I never get to see you. I do like your shirt. It's a nice Miami CrossFit shirt. Uh, Todd, good luck. Thanks for getting my mom floors. Bye. Okay.